This is the Fed and Fit Podcast, starting your week off with motivational thoughts on real food and fun fitness activities with Cassie Joy Garcia and co-host Carissa Talbot. Remember our disclaimer, the information and opinions shared in this podcast are solely those of any given individual and not a substitute for medical advice. And here are the ladies. Today we're going to talk about where alcohol comes from, how it's processed in our bodies, how you can prepare for a night out of drinking, and how we personally choose to indulge. Hey, Carissa. Hey, Cassie. If you're listening on Monday the 25th, then Carissa and I wish you a very happy Memorial Day. That's right. I've been (laughs) so busy working, I didn't even remember it was a holiday weekend. Today's a holiday. As an an entrepreneur and someone who works from home, you kind of lose track of what the holidays are. Uh, Well, in that case, this episode is perfect. I hope everyone listens to it this morning so they thoroughly enjoy their holiday evening or day. <laughs> yes, today we are so excited about our topic. Before we get to it, uh, Carissa, I've mm-hmm. got a really important update for you. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. Wait, wait. Okay, now I'm ready. Now you're ready. <laughs> um, it's about my garden. Oh. And it's really, it's really important. I never realized how much of my little heart that garden would consume. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. It is exploding. I started everything from seeds. And if you're a first-time listener, this past spring, I decided I live in suburbia of San Antonio. And Austin, my fiancé, built me three raised beds that are, what are they, four by eight each? So they're pretty good size, and we filled them with organic um, soil and we've, I sprouted seeds. I was so excited and things are doing really well. My spaghetti squash is enormous. I have a cabbage patch full of kales and collards and I've got a nightshade patch, um, which is something that probably only a nutritionist would think about (laughs) how to separate their foods, but I'm growing, um, jalapenos and tomatillos and eggplants. Um, and then some tomatoes, of course, but anyways, everything's doing really well. But something that I did not expect is the little friendly family of six and eight-legged little critters that have decided to move in because of the garden. And uh, that's been interesting to watch. We've got an orb weaver, which is a spider, and a bunch of caterpillars munching on my baby little cabbage patch, which at first... Carissa, the first one I saw, I was like, what is happening to my little, my kale plants? They were just, they had these beautiful little sprouts. They were doing so well. And then I went out there the next day and they were just like sticks. Oh, it was so sad. And then I got, I turned like, and then I found this one caterpillar on there and I was like, oh, you little stinker. So I picked him off with my little spade and I threw him over the fence And then all of a sudden, I started looking some more, and I found more caterpillars. There are these little green ones. And so 
I flinked a couple more over the fence. And then when I started to realize, it was like all of a sudden I was seeing for the first time all these caterpillars eating my kale. I turned into mad mama. <gasps> and I was just like, no way. So I started smushing them into the soil. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're so mean, Cassie. I know. I, and then the next day, those caterpillars, I'm convinced the ones that I had thrown over the fence had like wriggled their way back to my little cabbage patch. And so they got the, they got the ax too. But anyway, so this has been a huge learning curve. We also have some ants and we saw some mud daubers. And then the other day, because as you know, I'm an entomologist by education. Uh, my first my first round at college, my second round, I went back and started studying nutrition. Um, I just can't, I'm a forever student. I'll always be studying something. But um, I noticed we had this beautiful orange and yellow, huge hornet flying around my um, squash, my spaghetti squash and my cucumbers. Uh-huh. And we started getting a closer look, and I did some research online, and she is a European hornet, the queen. And it's really interesting. Um, I just think it's so, it's so interesting, the, the, the life cycle of these guys. But apparently, unlike popular belief, they're not really that aggressive um, unless you really mess with them in their hive. But um, I'm happy to be peaceful. But apparently these queens in the spring, they, they find a new nest usually, and she's burrowing under my, uh, my garden, my wood bed. Um, they start their hive. And then at the end of the season, the new little queens go out to go find new homes and the old, um, house is dead and they never reuse it again. So anyways, it's really interesting. I think it's just fascinating. It's like a whole chunk of my life that I don't get to share with Many besides Austin and Gus, and I wanted to tell you about it. <laughs> well, Cassie, you're welcome to share anything you want on your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, in the world of probably real slash relevant updates, I want to let you guys know that if you're interested in joining the Fed and Fit Project in June, which kicks up, it starts on Monday the 1st, this is your last week to enroll. So I will include a link directly to um, how to sign up and enroll in the podcast notes. Um, but otherwise, just watch for it on social media, or you can always find a link on my website. So that's what's going on over here, Chris. I want to know what's new with you. Well, um, as we all know, I moved into my new place at the beginning of the month, <clears throat> and there wasn't a working stove, so it had to be ordered. And because it's a small place, it was a smaller, one of those, it's a smaller stove made for like studio apartments. So it took a while to get here and it finally arrived this morning. So this morning was the first morning I was able to actually make my own coffee because I don't have a coffee maker. I have a on the stove top percolator. Yeah. So that was so exciting to not have to like go all the way to the coffee shop, buy coffee. Because when you work from home, like, you know, that's part of the luxury. You don't have to, like, you know, run mm -hmm. anywhere if you don't want to, you know. So it's definitely been a true no-cook experience, though, for these last three weeks because I have not had a stove or oven. <laughs> so it can be done. And I'm actually probably going to do more cooking over the next week than I normally do just because I'm excited to have the option again. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, that's good for good. you. Yep. 
Yep. And work-wise, um, as you all know, I work for Sarah Ballantyne, the Paleo Mom, and we have been running our autoimmune wellness bundle. And behind the scenes, let me tell you, I give props to anyone that has run a bundle or helped run a bundle. It's um, respect for all y'all. I mean... <laughs> It's, it's rewarding and exhausting, and um, but I'm here today, and our topics got me excited, um, you know, and we're going we're gonna to do the best we can, and I'm glad that Cassie is doing the majority of the talking today, because I'm pretty tired. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here, but I'm here, and I'm excited for the break and to be talking to you guys, and, um, you know, for those of you who want go go and check out the bundle just don't email me for support <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding oh i'm excited for you and i'm also excited for you to have a little r and r after all this is done yes yes oh and everyone um kathy's uh cassie's kathy see my my brain's not working today cassie's okay. uh holiday ebook is in the bundle she made a autoimmune version of it for everyone which i think is awesome so Go check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thank you, Chris. <laughs> Chris it's okay. My brain things. is so bundle right now. That's all I can think of. I feel like I'm a walking sales ad, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, my friends text there. me, and I'm like, "Have you seen the bundle? It's it's bad." <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody. Tell everybody. That's great. I think that's awesome. Yeah. No, if you do have a copy of my holiday feast from last year, um, and you enjoyed it and you are specific autoimmune protocol or you're trying to follow it or learn about it, um, I did include a, uh, um, an addition just for you. So, And it's got meal plans and shopping lists, and that's included in the bundle with so many other resources. So we'll include a link to that in today's show notes as well. But today is the last day that you can get it. So um, just keep that in mind. If you're listening to this on Monday the 25th, this is your chance to grab last it. Last day. Last day. Last day. Okay. Um, I'm so. really excited about yeah. this topic, right? I and it, it falls in line with an episode we did earlier, right? It really does. So we got a lot of really positive feedback after we recorded Caffeine 101 because um, we asked you guys what you thought about that because we go sometimes back and forth and we're going to keep going back and forth in the future because um, there's kind of a lot that we want to talk about in general, but we like to go between you know some mindset, lifestyle things and also Carissa and I are both certified nutrition consultants um, with some pretty heavy science backgrounds. And we like to dive into some of that stuff too. We think that um, talking about this stuff under a really fun educational light is, is engaging and, it, and you know, knowledge is power. It's kind of along that thread. So you guys said you liked it and you'd like to see more of it. So we are taking your advice and we're coming back with a pretty um, equally information-filled episode. Today we're going to talk about alcohol 101. Um, and it makes me wonder, Carissa, if we should include a disclaimer on today's episode, like it's got <laughs> mature content. Um, you know, it's not that we plan on to curse unless you think darn, dang, and crap are curse words. <laughs> and if you do, uh, then maybe I hashtag censor. Um, but we are going to talk about alcohol. Yes. Also known as, um, or more specifically, ethanol. Uh, and if even geekier, ETOH. So okay, <laughs> you might have to put. I'm ready. I'm you ready might need for a all flash this. like a geek. You're geeking out too much, Cassie. Sign to give me. No, uh, no, it's it's. I love it. I love okay, it. Good. 
Awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so, yeah. Oh, go go ahead. Go for it. I was going to say, if you're looking for an education in how the body processes alcohol and then other ideal sources and how to prepare your body for drinking alcohol, um, should you choose to partake, then this is really, um, that's, that's why we prepared this episode for you. Love it. I love, love our 101s. They're really popular. So let's, let's get started out with, um, Cassie, what, what the heck is alcohol and where does it come from? Oh, those are great questions, Carissa. (laughs) I've got some answers for you. So you don't say. (laughs) Okay. So if you are a chemistry buff, you know that alcohol is actually just an organic compound that is simply formed when, and we're speaking really simply here, when a group of only hydrogen and carbon molecules binds to a hydroxyl group, which is the OH. Um, and the name of that compound, when the OH is attached to it, changes, the very end of the name changes to add the OL on the end of it, alcohol. Um, so examples of this include methanol, which is toxic to humans in large doses, really volatile, and it's also most commonly used as a laboratory solvent. Um, Ethanol, which is what's in tasty, delicious tequila. Um, Isopropyl alcohol, which is rubbing alcohol. Xylitol, which is a sugar alcohol that you can see in some treats that are coming across some of the different paleo blog threads out there. Glycerol, which is used in a lot of food production as a preservative solvent and sweetener. And then methanol, or sorry, not methanol, menthol, which is found in lip balm, Icy Hot, Vicks, and then also in those menthol cigarettes that we know about. So all of those are alcohols. Just wanted to cover the bases. So if anybody's listening, like I said, that is a a chemistry buff, you probably have that little burr in your side that you're like, well, there's all kinds of alcohol. So today we're specifically going to talk about ethanol, which, um, and more specifically drinking alcohol. So ethanol is a natural byproduct of the metabolic process of yeast. So therefore where yeast exists, generally speaking, you'll find ethanol. So this can happen in overripe fruit. Uh, and naturally yeast is found, um, kombucha, of course, bread yeast where the bubbles rise and then also in drinking alcohol. Um, so today we're really only going to talk about alcoholic beverages in the form of wine, beer, hard cider, and spirits. So everyone get your favorite (laughs) drink. I don't, I know it's in the morning, but let's, (laughs) let's happy Memorial Day. Actually, I'm drinking my kombucha right now. So I feel like I'm, are you, well, you're, you're partaking in a little ethanol. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my ethanol on. I'm going to use it as a hashtag. Get your ethanol on. Get your E-T-O-H on. Oh, I'm um, so I'm so doing it. Where's my phone? Time to Instagram. Okay. Sorry, everyone. Off track. All right, Cassie. So, you know, now that we know what alcohol is, so let's get to the second part of the question. Like, you know, where does it come from? Great question, too. I love stuff like this, you guys. I know that we're, we're going to get in a little bit to how alcohol is processed in the body, but I think it's really fascinating first to know that how it would show up to us. You know, how does it even wind up in that wine glass or in that mug of beer? So first off, I want to talk about wine because it's one of my personal favorites. Um, wine is made from the fermentation of grapes by yeast or grape juice. So when wine or when grape uh, grapes come off the vine, they have their own wild yeast 
variety, but most winemakers will add an additional yeast to help both control the speed and um, the type of fermentation. So the yeast essentially eats up the sugars in the grape juice, and the byproduct is then alcohol and carbon dioxide. So the longer yeast is allowed to ferment the juice, meaning eat up the sugars in the juice, the more dry the wine. So really sweet wines like Riesling and Glühwein, if you're familiar with what Glühwein is, are made both with A, using very special grapes that are picked at their peak sugar levels, which is usually after the first frost. If you can't tell, I'm kind of also a little um, wine geek. Um, and the fermentation process is stopped before the sugars are all eaten up by the yeast. And if you're curious, fermentation can be stopped by dropping the temperature of the wine, or some winemakers even add brandy, and, and there's some other ways you can do it. So the resulting, al resulting alcohol content of wine ranges anywhere between 9 to 16% by volume. That's ABV, alcohol by volume. So when you see that percentage number on a bottle of beer, wine, or spirits, that's what it's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so next up on the list is beer. And beer is made from the fermentation of a grain mash, so to speak, and yeast. Shocker. Um, <laughs> barley, and <laughs> barley and other grains are wheat, all kinds of other things are blended with a variety of other flavors like hops. If you like um, ales, pale ales was one of my favorites in my, uh, before I really pursued a grain-free lifestyle. I liked really hoppy beers. Um, that blend is fermented for a shorter period of time than wine. Um, beer, I found a fun fact on the internet. Uh, those interwebs has all <laughs> kinds of useful information. Uh, beer is actually the most popular alcoholic beverage in the world. I believe it. Isn't that interesting? I went to Germany when I was in, I guess, a sophomore or a junior in college. <laughs> I went there with my family, and we went for this um, festival in Wiesbaden, which is just along the Rhine River where we were hanging out at this festival. And I didn't really speak much German. I still don't. Um, but by golly. I learned the words Ein Bier Bitter. You know, I went up to the, the beer stand and I was like, I'd like, and that's one beer, please. Um, but I didn't know how to count in German or say a larger number. And I went to, I'd gone to go get a couple beers for my parents and some of their friends were there. And I needed four beers. And I was like, I'd like Ein, 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 Ein Bier Bitter. <laughs> Anyways, it's the universal language. Um, that's funny. So I thought that was interesting. Apparently, it's also the third most consumed liquid in the world, just hmm. after water and tea. Um, so beer ends up with an average range of alcohol by volume, ABV, of 4 to 6%. So that's significantly less than wine, um, although there are some beer varieties that are brewed to be much higher. So that's controlled by whoever is making the beer. They do those things on purpose. Next on our list is hard cider, which you will probably see pop up in the paleo grain-free community as um, one of the fizzy beverages of choice. Um, hard cider is almost always made with apples, and it truly is kind of a love child between the brewing process or the fermentation process of wine and the fermentation process of beer. So the, the type of yeast used... Um, I guess in characteristic and output is similar to that of beer, but you're starting with a fruit like you did in wine. Um, so it's the the fermentation process is much quicker, 
Um, and there's going to be less alcohol content, similar to what you'll find in beer. Um, often fizzy. And it's, like I said, it's generally preferred by those of us who follow a grain-free lifestyle. Personally, I'm not a huge fan because there's a lot of sugar in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's really sweet. There are some varieties that people say aren't very sweet, but I still think it all tastes like I'm drinking apple juice. It's hard. Like, um, I really like <clears throat> ciders because I do kind of miss um, the taste of beer, although there are some really good uh, gluten-free beers. Um, and That's true. I'm not a big fan of beer, but let me tell you, if you're, if it's that right mood where it's like, the perfect summer day, maybe you're washing the car or having a barbecue out back. Sometimes just having that one beer is like, I don't know, I, I, I like to get the gluten-free beers once in a while just for that specific occasion. Ciders I really like, but most of them, they are just way too sweet. Yeah. Totally yeah, way too, it, it tastes like a candy bar, but I'm yeah. with you too. I think that if you're, if you're, you really only like beer, um, and you want to, you want to kind of explore a grain-free lifestyle, a slightly cleaner version. Um, check out some of the gluten-free beers out there. There's some good ones. There's one with a green label that I can't remember off the top of my head right now that I really like. Um, they have an amber that's delicious. And then there's another brand called Omission out there, but good point, Carissa. I'm glad you said that. Um, and then lastly, the last kind of alcohol we're going to talk about today, drinking alcohol, is um, a, a distilled beverage, which apparently you can only call those a spirit if their alcohol by volume, ABV, reaches 20% or more, which hmm. I thought is interesting. I, um, I did not know that. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> anyway, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, although most whiskeys, that being said, most whiskeys and vodkas are upwards north of 40%. So distillation of these spirits is actually a major process, and we won't talk about all of that today. Um, but essentially, they just pull the alcohol that is fermented off um, and collect it separately. It results in a much higher concentrated um, alcohol by volume, and it's a little bit of a cleaner beverage because the things that were used to ferment, whether it's the, the, the grains or the woods or the fruits or whatever it is, is kind of left behind in the alcohol and the flavors extracted or, or what you get. So anyways, I think that's kind of cool. So all right. now we know all the basics. All the basics. So now that we know, you know, just to recap, now that we know what alcohol is and now that we know where it comes from Cassie what happens when we drink it what happens to our body when we drink alcohol this is the most fascinating part so I think. much fun mm-hmm. okay so I'm going to give you two answers Carissa okay first I'm going to tell you what happens in like a moderate basic sense okay you know mm-hmm. um, and then we're going to talk briefly I don't I'm not going to harp on it but we're going to talk briefly about what happens to your body um, upon chronic consumption, abusive, you know, when you have an abusive relationship with alcohol. Right. Okay. So in a basic sense, pulling back a little bit lighter, remember how in caffeine 101, we talked about how the caffeine molecule essentially works to speed up the neurotransmitters in our brain, right? We feel more awake, more articulate, we're firing faster, we're able to solve problems more quickly, we're really in tuned, our reaction times are really quick. Well, alcohol essentially has the opposite effect. 
So you might have heard caffeine being referred to as an upper and, ca- and alcohol is a downer. Okay, so what alcohol does is it acts to slow down those neurotransmitters. So the manifestation of the brain slowing down tends to lead us, leave us, you know, finding jokes are funnier longer. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to giggle a little bit longer and find things funnier. We start to sway a little bit because our body is taking too long to manage muscle control and balance and stay on top of all these things. Our speech starts to slur as our words are taking longer to process and pronounce. And then our reaction time is lower, which is one of the reasons why we shouldn't drive when we drink. Um, and then th- it's important to note that this af- all these effects are compounded the more you drink in a short period of time. Right. Okay. So that's essentially what happens. I'm trying not to get too, too into the weeds, but that's basically what happens. In, a, in the situation of chronic um, consumption, the long-term effects and, – and chronic consumption, this could be chronic over like every single night, five beers a night. Or it could be like one night of five beers. Like whatever it is, that would be considered whether it's just, you know, you binge drink one time a week or you binge drink five days a week. Mm -hmm. Both of those are generally considered um, chronic consumption, kind of an abusive relationship. Um, So in either case, the, the impact on your body, let's talk first about the brain. It can cause damage to the brain's communication pathways. So... Kind of like if you feel like you're getting dumber, you know, I mean, it's probably because of the alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it can alter moods greatly, which could also be attuned to maybe an addictive nature. Yes. Um, you have alcoholism in your family. That's just something to really be aware of that, that just, just, just to be aware of it. I'm not saying you should never pick up a drink if that's a decision that you haven't come to. Um, but just, just kind of be aware of that, that it's definitely a possibility or a greater possibility. Um, and it could also make it more difficult to think more clearly in the long term. <clears throat> so next, let's talk about the heart. Um, long-term effects of alcohol on the heart. It, in a sense, it can cause the heart muscle to kind of stretch and sag. That and doesn't can, look pretty, y'all. No, it's not pretty at Mm-mm. all. Um, <laughs> you want to love your heart. We want um, a nice, can... firm, tight <laughs> heart. Healthy. Yeah, you want a sexy heart. You want a sexy heart. (laughs) Um, It can result in an irregular heartbeat. And some of you may notice that after you have a drink, you might have kind of a funny little heartbeat or irregular palpitation. That's something to be aware of. Um, And it can also cause high blood pressure, both chronic and immediate. So all good things to be aware of. Mm -hmm. As far as your liver goes, this is probably what people think of first. But I wanted to get brain and heart out there. Um, first, because those are kind of sneaky effects, so yeah. to speak. When you're when you start feeling you're getting dumber as the years go by, I hate to use such a, you know, kind of a not pretty term to talk about that. But if you really do feel like you're losing some of your wit, it could be because of too much alcohol for too long. And that's not to say that you can't heal. You can, um, but just something to be aware of. But liver, I'm putting third on the list. Um, it can cause, as many of us know, an enlarged fatty liver. Mm-hmm. And our livers are just so vital. Just We can't go into it today, but Google um, all the amazing things your liver does for you. And if you've ever seen the liver of an alcoholic, 
Um, it can be a wake up call. And I encourage you also, if you, I don't encourage you to do it while you're eating, but, um, (laughs) Google alcoholic liver and see what it actually looks like versus a healthy liver. It's pretty eye opening. Um, next up cancer can chronic alcohol abuse can really increase your risk of developing all kinds of cancer. And then lastly, it really weakens your immune system, especially it can weaken it immediately. So if you're already not feeling very well, I recommend you can maybe kind of stay away from cocktails. Um, and then it can also weaken it, um, after chronic use over time. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. Good We're not going to know. Good. Inf- yeah. oh, it's, it's good information to know. It's, it's, you know, even if you're, you know, I was at a point where I was probably having a glass of wine like every single night and then sometimes, you know, I'm a single person. So then you go out and you might have a couple drinks at the bar. Like I got to a point where it was like, all right, this is really like out of hand and just not where I want to be health wise. So it was good to just nip that stuff in the butt and cut it out and you know, sometimes you have to have like a little wake up call to that because it can be really easy to be like, well, this is pretty normal for everybody. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to, to have that realization and, and kind of, uh, assess if you're kind of in that just because it's not maybe abusive, you could still have something that's chronic. Same thing totally. with coffee. Like if you get to a point where you're like, like right now, like I am with coffee where I'm like, I need coffee because it's keeping me alive right now. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm looking forward to taking a break and getting back off the coffee for a while. I think it's when you get to that point when you think you need something versus, oh, I'd really enjoy this. There's a difference. And that's when you kind of need to look at things and maybe see if there's a mindset or an adjustment that you need to make there just to go off track there. So no, I think that's great. I think it's, I think it's important to note like, yeah, there's, there's a difference between being aware of the obvious and being aware of the not so obvious. And that's really what we're trying to get at here is kind of shed some light on the things that aren't very obvious. Because like I said before, knowledge is power. Information is power. You can work your way out of any mental situation by just having more information about it. Yeah. And so, no judgment. Do, do what you want, you know. No, but it's and, good and to have the information. Totally. And Carissa and I are going to share in a little bit kind of our takes on how we approach it now. So yeah. um, you'll, you'll see kind of what we think. But anyways. Yeah, All right. So point. moving on, um, back, back on track. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whether we're talking about paleo or just, you know, trying to be healthier or making good choices when it comes to alcohol. So Cassie, is it true that red wine and clear liquors are healthier because that's what you hear and that's what people tell you and that's what people say. So what's the scoop behind that? Okay, so here's my take on it. And I know it's probably going to be a little controversial depending on who you're hearing it from, but you're hearing it from me today. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, it's correct. No. (laughs) It's it's correct in this context. Um, Okay, so do red wine – or red – Red wines and clear liquors, which you've probably heard come up in the paleo community before, mm-hmm. um, are they healthier? I tend to say that it is true that they're probably going to have less crap in them, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so essentially, you're reducing the likelihood that you'll have a reaction to something else in the beverage other than the ethanol, the That's alcohol. such a good point to make, though. Okay. It's really a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, let's say you have... Um, 
like one night you decide to have a glass of red wine and there's I there's all kinds of arguments out there. If you Google the health benefits of red wine, you're going to find plenty of information that makes you feel like red wine is the fountain of youth. You know, like it's the secret elixir to lifelong health. Right. Because there's so many people out there wanting to justify it. Um, they're going to say you're going to hear read about the antioxidants. You're going to read about um, some of the actually the things we're going to talk about today. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it doesn't have it doesn't promote health any more than white wine does. Um, so I don't tend to get too hung up on red versus white. The more sugary an alcohol is and the higher the alcohol content, the more sugars you're going to be ingesting. So that's something to think about. Um, as far as liquors go, clear liquors, just like tequila and vodkas, um, have less crap in them. You know, they they don't have as much other stuff like you would find in the whiskeys and the brandies, which have more sugars, um, processed or unprocessed. And by that, I mean converted into alcohol um, in addition to some other things. You know, the whiskeys and uh, some of those other spirits are brewed with wheat. And so they're going to have, if you're celiacs, uh, it's probably best to avoid those types of liquors, um, especially and beers and things like that. So it's just the, the the red wines and the clear liquors are just more of a safe bet because you're less likely to have a reaction to something else in the drink. But that's that's kind of why that comes up in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, if you do choose to drink, I I like to pair my my what I'm drinking with what I'm eating. If I'm going to enjoy a drink, I want it to, to go along. And that might be a red or a white. So who knows? Yeah, it's okay. yeah who, knows? who knows? Totally. Who knows? So... All right, Cassie, so let's say I've heard all this information. I'm like, great, I, it's Memorial Day. I want to <laughs> go outside and enjoy the weather, or tonight I'm going to have a nice meal, and I'm going to choose a drink of my choice. So, Cassie, what, what can I do? What's the best way to prepare my body um, and myself for consuming that alcohol? Like, uh, What steps or tips would you give us? Okay, so number one, um, make sure that you just kind of like Carissa alluded to just a second ago, do not skip dinner before drinking, you know, drink with your food. So if you're concerned about your health, this is something to keep in mind. A meal high in protein and healthy fats is really ideal. Throwing some leaf density green, <laughs> leaf density greens, <laughs> dense leafy greens in the mix is even better. Uh, and I wouldn't get too worried about eating some starches with your meal because you're going to be getting plenty of sugars with the cocktails. Yeah. Um, and then special shout out to those of you, because um, I was there one day and I wish someone had told me this. If you're in college and you're just gonna, you're planning on going out and you're gonna go to a party. You know, I'm not here to tell you that that's right or wrong, but I am here to tell you the best way to prepare your body for it. And I want you to know it's best if all day long you drink a lot of water. And the way to know how much water to drink is to take your weight and divide it by two and drink that many ounces as a rough go by. Mm -hmm. And then about one hour before you plan on having your first drink, I want you to have a big piece of protein. Okay. That also has some healthy fats. So know that like an average can of tuna, which is pretty affordable, you can keep them in your dorm room or whatever, um, has about 35 grams of protein. And if you have two of those, and that's a good-sized meal, you mix it with some healthy mayo, like uh, the Mark Sisson new mayo that's out there is really delicious. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. 
So stinking good. You mix that up, you put it on some chopped up kale that you got and you're keeping in your dorm mini fridge and bam, you've got a good amount of protein and you're ready to like your body's a little bit more better prepared to handle some alcohol. If you do skip your meal, you will feel the effect of alcohol much more quickly and strongly. So on an empty stomach, you will spike your blood sugar and the absorption of alcohol more rapidly. So if you want to kind of help mediate that, definitely make sure you're eating. On average, I think it's important to note that the body can metabolize about one drink every hour, although it's considered, quote, abusive um, for a man to consume more than four drinks in a day and for a lady to consume more than three. So this is just kind of something to be aware of. And that number, of course, is going to change based on your build and size and how quickly your body metabolizes alcohol. And um, a little note with the men versus women thing mm-hmm. is that um, <clears throat> men can actually break down and process alcohol faster than women in their bodies. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, ladies out there, don't feel like you've got to keep up with the boys club, you know, know what's right mm-hmm. for you. And I think it's also important to note that if you are, quote, pacing yourself, let's say you're out there for an all-day tailgate and, you know, fighting Texas Aggies. we got football season coming up this fall. And <laughs> there's plenty of us that are planning on barbecuing and we're going to start barbecuing at 11 a.m. and we're going to have ourselves a cocktail um, every hour on the hour until the game starts. Well, just know that even though you might not feel drunk, so to speak, because you aren't drinking a lot of alcohol in a short period of time, you are still going to have a toxic buildup, which will result in a hangover the next day. So your body will have a better chance of keeping up in the moment, but the long-term effect is the same. Yep. So, and then lastly, I want to say there's nothing wrong with pretending. You know your body best, so pay attention to what you actually want and what you can actually handle. And as a replacement... Or as in every other drink while you're out, just my go-to is I will order a sparkling water on the rocks, so to speak, if you want to use some bar terminology, mm-hmm. with some fresh lime juice. And if you really want to get fancy, ask, if, ask for it in a salted glass. But I've used that trick so many times. If I'm going out with friends and I just really want to be around people, but I don't want to drink because I've got a big day the next day and or I've got a big workout and I don't want to feel sluggish for it. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll order that and I'll just pretend like it's a cocktail. So and there's much. nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong. Pretending is my favorite thing to do these days. And <laughs> when it comes to drinking, not other things. Um, uh, <laughs> that sounded really weird. Um, so my favorite thing I like to do is I will do soda water with bitters and lime Mm. because then it really you know and then a lot of people don't understand the bitters thing so people are like what are you drinking I'm like oh soda water and bitters and they're like oh okay because most people don't understand that it's not really you know anything um so I love that I love that drink and I love the way it tastes too it's it's really my go-to yeah and bitters have their own really high great health So Um, good for you, all the digestive enzymes. Totally. It's good for your adrenal support and all that stuff. I'm not sure about the bitters you find in a bar or what else is in there, but that's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That's my go-to. All right. So now that we talked about all of this information, so are there really any health benefits um, to, to drinking alcohol? Okay. So just like we talked about with caffeine, you know, it's easier to talk smack about this legal drug known as alcohol. 
Um, it's got that whole slew of negative health effects, especially when abused or consumed too young. If you're a young listener, you know, it is, it does have a really negative effect on you if you're still developing. Um, that being said, there are some health benefits on the fringe. Now, some people will probably listen to this podcast just for these three bullet points. <laughs> um, so, you know, whatever you need, uh, whatever you want to sink your teeth into. So one benefit it they it can help you wind down after a long day. So this is real. I know so many people that I work with one-on-one, especially through the Fed and Fit Project, um, that are like, you know what? I really want to turn my health around and my life around, but I'm not prepared to give up my night, my glass of red wine that I have after a long work day. And that's okay. If you feel so stressed out. I'm here to tell you it's fine, right? I mean, there's there's a whole other slew of red tape if we want to get into abuse. Mm -hmm. But in the general sense, if you are so stressed out, then a glass of red wine helps you wind down and shut down and turn off after a long day. Then I tend to say that that glass of red wine has probably less of an impact on your long-term health than the overload of stress. I, so, I totally agree. Amen with that. Okay, good. Um, so that, that's, that's a legitimate thing. I think that's a legitimate benefit, um, not to be abused and though. Just I try use not that to rule of thumb bottle. with any change anyone is making when I work with clients. So mm -hmm. if the thought of, you know, cutting out these 10 foods is stressing you out, let's just start with one because we don't need to add stress on top of the stress that they already have when we're working with clients. Right. So I think it's, it's important when you're looking at anything, you know, when, when you are working with clients or if you're, you're doing something for yourself, if you find that it's actually causing more stress, <laughs> then take it back a notch, you know, figure out another way that you can kind of, you know, every step forward is still a step forward. You don't have to do everything all at once. That's a, that's a big point that I like to make. I think that's a great point. That's really, really solid. And it's also important to note that alcohol is a stressor on your body. Clearly, it has all those negative health effects. Um, but at the end of the day, the stress that you feel in that in the pit of your stomach and the anxiety is probably worse. Yeah. So just something to think about. Yeah. Another potential benefit in the right amount, it can promote healthier skin by actually increasing blood flow. So you know how you kind of get flushed after you have a cocktail sometimes? Um, it could be a sign of two things. It could be a sign of <laughs> ethanol doing its job to increase blood flow to your skin, or you could be having an allergic reaction. So yeah. <laughs> just be aware that that's a distinction. Um, so that's interesting to know. But you have, but that's like after one glass of wine. Now you have three glasses of wine, and it has the opposite effect. Right. Um, could help you age more quickly. But that's something mm -hmm. to think about. Um, and then the third benefit I'm going to throw out there is that it gets you out there. Man, girl, if a cocktail will help you socialize and feel connected to your community. Again, this is another probably rickety soapbox to stand on, and there's a lot of red tape, but I'm going to say it. I'm all for it. Yep. People who have friends, large families, and pets live longer, happier, healthier lives. Mm -hmm. Socializing is crucial 
to how we are as human beings. We're meant to socialize after paleo effects, after like being somebody who works from home. We talked about this on that episode, but being someone who works from home, from my computer. I mean, I see Austin and Gus and my friends and my family here, but getting out to socialize and hug all of you people that are, that I essentially think of as my colleagues. I came home on such a high because you just, people are meant to be around other people. And if alcohol getting out there and going to a bar, even if you're just faking it and you're having a bitters with soda or you're having a lime on the rocks with some sparkling water, Yep. It's really important to your health. So get out there. I totally support you. Again, um, and all like things in For me, as a single person, like mm-hmm. most activities, um, you know, people, if you say that you, you don't drink or you don't drink often, it can be kind of a shutdown on that first date because guys want someone they know that they can like you know, have with their friends at a barbecue and it's, you're not going to be like judging them that they're drinking or, you know, it makes it really hard already (laughs) to like not throw that in there. So, you know, it, and there's so many other events that you go to as a single adult person where it's like, you're, it's almost expected and it does make it very difficult and it is hard. Um, but there, like you said, the pretending works really well. Or, you know, figure out that that one favorite drink and enjoy that one drink that you want. And, you know, don't stress about it. Life's don't stress about short. it. Exactly. That's that's exactly right, Carissa. Don't Life's too short. It. Don't stress about it. Don't you judge. Know, exactly. And that's really why – that's another reason why I like the pretend route because, um, okay, sure, I am armed and dangerous with all of these factoids. And now you are too about the – you know, negative effects of alcohol, um, kind of where it comes from, what's maybe some healthier choices are, but that does not mean that I go to a cocktail party ready to like unload on people. Right. You know, because a part of socializing and a part of being in a community and hanging out with people and just loving people for who they are. So just let them be. And that includes yourself. And so that's why I kind of like the pretending thing. If somebody's really curious and they ask you about it, that's a great opportunity to share. And this kind of goes back to our episode of How to Paleo with Grace that we talked about. Yeah, That was an early episode, but it's kind of the same thing. How to drink alcohol with grace or not drink alcohol with grace. Is right. At the end of the day, it's a personal choice. And you do you. Don't be judgy. Be accepting of others. Be accepting of yourself. Yeah. So. You do you. Love on people. It'll <laughs> all be okay. Love it. So there you go. Okay, Cassie. So... Now we get to the, the, the fun part <laughs> where we're going to talk about our stuff. So this yeah, is exciting. I want to know first, Carissa. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Uh-oh. Um, so, my face is getting flushed. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm it kidding. may be the kombucha. It may be it's that ETOH in that kombucha. It's the booch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to know what is your favorite cocktail of choice? And you could say kombucha or, you know, you could yeah. say just straight up sparkling water. <clears throat> um, and how often do you tend to indulge? I don't sure. think that a lot of paleo nutrition people like to share this information because we're afraid that we're going to be like, you know, hung up on like and made an example of for um maybe not practicing what we preach but carissa and i like to be as transparent as possible about what's going on and what our real life is about so carissa i'd love for you to i'd love for you to go first (laughs) well uh i'm i'm a wine girl i do i do love my wine but i think that's 
that's pretty expected. And if I'm going to have a wine, I really like something spicy and bold like a, a red zin. Uh, they call them like sinzins and they're mm -hmm. really good and just full of flavor and they kind of have some bite to them. So like I really like some, I guess they call it full body wine. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fancy wine person, but uh, I buy the cheap stuff. But I, I really like that. So if I'm going out and having a, a nice meal, I'll, I'll order myself and enjoy a nice glass of wine. Um, so far as spirits, I love a super dirty martini. Now, I can only mm -hmm. have one because I have found if I have two... That can lead to a very interesting evening, <laughs> meaning once you get to a certain point, sometimes you're like, well, I can just keep drinking. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, that was not a good idea. So uh, I have found that with when we're talking about spirits with Carissa, she can only have one. <laughs> that's just my rule because it does not, does not go well. And that's just me being honest. Um, but I really do love a well-made dirty martini. Um, that's a fancy special treat for me for sure. Um, but yeah, wine is, wine is my go-to. I will say, I have to know quickly, yeah. are you team blue cheese stuffed olive or are you team pimento olive? Oh, I got to go with the blue stuffed cheese, even though I should not have cheese. It tastes so mm -hmm. good. And you're just, you have it with you. once in a while. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So good. Yep. I will say my first, you know, so I've been in Austin almost two years now. My first year in Austin, I will, I had to apologize to my liver because this is really the adult playground as a single person in Austin. And, you know, I talked about this on one of our other podcasts, how, you know, I had kind of kind of gone off the paleo track, eating food I shouldn't have been eating, drinking too much. You know, it's kind of like and all the people I've talked to said, that's just kind of what happens your first year in Austin if you're a single adult because there's just so much going on here and you just get, you get sucked in. So now I've reined it in uh, and I'm much, much better and much healthier and much happier. I was had to have a, like a wake-up moment there, just to be honest. So... Um, like I said before, I was doing like a glass of wine every night and now I've gotten back to my old rule, which is, you know, having a drink just a couple times a week. So I would say probably two to three times a week I have a drink. That's great. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, yeah, good for you. Um, okay. So well, Cassie. <laughs> Mine's not much different. Now that I've <laughs> put all my stuff out there for everyone Thanks to for be... Judgy on Carissa. I'll just no, jump on it's in okay. Now. So Cassie, it, now that now that I've warm. been completely brutally honest, um, <laughs> so what? Uh, well, what oh, here I'll say, say one more thing that I've said to people before, which I find really funny, and I'll mm -hmm. just be honest because you guys like me, I like you too. I Carissa has a rule, and I talk about myself in the third person. When I talk about this is that <laughs> it's called three drinks to disaster. <laughs> if Carissa has more than three drinks. It's, it's a disaster, meaning I'm, no, it's not good. So that's it's my rule. Good. It's not good. <laughs> meaning like, you know, you get to that point where you're like, uh, this doesn't, this is not attractive. Like, you know, cause mm -hmm. I'm such a lightweight. I'm such a lightweight that I call it three drinks to disaster. So that's, that's my rule that I have. So no, no. That's a, yeah. that's a good one. That's it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rule to have and you know uh, I had to figure out that the hard way you know where's my disaster line to start at so 
<laughs> yeah, I, I really, I towed my disaster line thoroughly in college. So I'm very, yeah. I'm very aware of all corners of my disaster line. Um, and I now live very comfortably on the safe side of it. We're so, experienced at that. We know where that is. So it's <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. Okay, so now that so we got I, that away, what, what yeah. about you? Yeah, go for it. I usually stick to wine. Um, if you couldn't tell by my loving to talk about the fermentation process of wine, I'm a wine girl. I find it very fascinating. I tend to stick to cabs and Merlots. One of my favorite cabs that's kind of like middle-ranged uh, cab is the Close to Wa Close to cab. It's a, a brown label with white writing. Um, that's really delicious. It's like a $25 tri- price point. Um, I love a good Merlot, which kind of went out of style. If <laughs> If you care about wine styles, um, other red wine, Sauvignon Blanc is probably my preferred white wine or like a really nice buttery Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Um, Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand are actually my favorite, the Marlboro District. And I'm like, Austin and I, I think have decided that we're going to go to New Zealand for our honeymoon. And so. <gasps> That's so exciting. So excited. Um, Austin's is not as much into wine as I am and my family is. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if he will be game for a visit to the Marlboro District, but I'm working on it. Um, whiskey drinks. I am a whiskey, you know, I'm a whiskey girl. I am. I always have been. And uh, Austin makes a pretty mean whiskey cocktail. My sister Kimberly Dunn and I, the uh, country music singer, we're actually working on a little cocktail mini project, which I may announce at some point when we get Ooh, our um, our act together. Love it. Um, pun intended. We're actually <laughs> to act something out. Um, and then when in doubt, I will order a margarita. I am, and maybe it's my Garcia blood, but this girl <laughs> loves a margarita. I love them to be extra lime. I want lots of lime juice, fresh lime juice. I love salt. I love it on the rocks, and I want it with a silver tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, my odor of choice, if I'm at a cool restaurant like La Condesa in Tana in Austin, Texas, is one of my favorites. Has um, a really delicious, like a spicy margarita. Jalapeno lime is my favorite, and that's actually. Uh, ding, ding, ding. The recipe I'm going to share on my blog this week, you guys, is my favorite margarita recipe. It's for a fresh jalapeno lime margarita. Um, so if that's not on the menu when I'm ordering out, though, I will usually ask for a silver tequila on the rocks in a salted glass with a splash of club soda and some fresh lime. And if they look at you like you're a crazy person when you ask for fresh lime juice, then ask them to just add in some grapefruit juice on top of that because they usually have a can of that and it's usually just grapefruit juice um, and then some fresh lime to squeeze in there. And then you kind of have like a Paloma margarita mix. But those are those are my favorites. I tend to indulge probably in two to three drinks a week, same thing. Um, every once in a while I'll get home and I'll be like, mama needs a glass of red wine. I'll I'll pour myself a glass of red wine um, and I'll usually use some of it for cooking I'll make marinara sauce and maybe we'll save that for um, alcohol 102 we'll talk about alcohol and food and what actually happens to it Um, but yeah that's that's about it I'll always have a glass of red wine on Sunday steak night dinner Um, but that's that's kind of the the span that's nice I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know we went a little bit longer than usual again. Maybe we should stop saying longer than usual. And this is just the usual. Um, I know. We start out doing like, let's do a 30-minute podcast for everyone. They'll be short and sweet. And I think, I don't know. Have we ever done one that's under 30 minutes? I think we're kind I, of. I definitely. But I here's the thing. We're, we're under-promising or, and over-delivering, right? 
So oh, sure. That's it's a good thing. <laughs> Thanks to you guys for sticking it out with oh, us this gosh. long. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It, once again, we're loving the feedback. Obviously, you said you like the caffeine science thing. So we yeah. came back with an alcohol one. So yeah. you give us feedback. We're listening. And I'm going to keep creating content that you're asking for. So ask us some questions. We're happy to jump into it and give you our, our real perspective on stuff. So um, I Have think a great a Memorial Day, y'all. Yeah, if you're listening on the 25th, have a great Memorial Day. Check out that autoimmune bundle if you get a chance and if that's something that you're curious about. Sign up for the Fed and Fit Project. If that's something that you're interested in, you'll have another opportunity next month. But um, the groups are going to get larger, and I'm personally coaching this group. So nice for you. So And don't forget to head over to my Instagram, NoCookPaleo. There's a live link in my profile, and you can purchase your NoCookPaleo travel kit. Woohoo! That's it. so exciting. Mm-hmm. Man, we're up to so much stuff. So much um, stuff. <laughs> okay, you guys. Well, you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend, and we will be back again next week.